and uh, that is uh, Judith Sipuma EIO and thank you thank you so much uh, for connecting with us and uh, right now we begin uh, talking I'm an African and this is a time when we just reflect on uh, situations and um, things we have questions about around our continent or perhaps some of the things that we can learn about ourselves as African people and things we can question that we feel don't make sense where we are through um, information we become better informed and we make um, a better judgments uh, that are influenced by knowledge not just a sensation I'm an African and uh, uh, joining us in studio is Victor Homie uh, Swana and uh, he's an uh, African business expert and author of Africa is open for business is it it's the question we're asking good afternoon, good Victor. afternoon how are you Giselle. thank you so much for coming through good to see you again Good to see after a very long time, eh? Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> amazing every... when you hear somebody on radio, you you think you saw them yesterday. <laughs> That's so true. That is in so two true. years or something. It, it's been a while, but thank you so much for accepting our invitation as we reflect on this one billion investment um, in South Sudan. Uh, this is uh, specifically focusing on the oil industry. That's right. Now, in in. Hindsight, in, in, in reflecting, uh, what what influences this decision? And I'll, I'll tell you why I'm asking this question. I mean, we're talking about South Africa and South Sudan right. having signed already an agreement. Yeah. And um, this was done last Friday, yes. uh, correct, uh, yes. that could see... South Africa investing 13.8 billion. I'm even afraid to mention this number because uh, the minute I talk billions, um, I, I, I'm thinking South Sudan is a struggling oil industry. Yeah. I'm thinking South Africa has its own challenges. Um, but in order to make money, you've got to spend money. Yes. Um, so what informs this decision in your okay. view? So let's get the context. At today's exchange rate, a billion dollars will translate to something like 13.9 billion yeah, rand. Yes. So it's 13 billion rand. Let's work out the numbers. South Sudan has about 12 million people. So at wow. least... <laughs> so it means, hey, you could... It, it's per capita is a lot. Their per capita income is still 1.3 or so billion dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, million, uh, 1.3, 1,200 dollars per person right so it's not a rich country no it's a poor country mm. and it's a poor country because remember it broke it gained independence or autonomy from the greater sudan before mm-hmm. the split in 2011 yeah. july mm-hmm. which by the way if you recall our former president Abombeki had a huge role in in stabilizing sudan has been ravaged by war for a very That's long it. time even as we speak so unstable very unstable but if you look at its location uh-huh. It's a critical area because it is bordered. Just think about South Sudan to the south is bordered by Rwanda. Mm. Am I right? No, no, no. By by Uganda, and oh no, I'm getting my my his my yeah. To the south <laughs> is bordered by Uganda, so it affects a whole lot of countries. To the east is Ethiopia. To the west is so if you just look at where it's located mm. it's part of the great lakes region but it's also part of comesa if you like which yeah. we are part of and if we are going to work out any african free trade agreement and make it work mm-hmm. we can't have troubled or 
some sort of hot spots of war and conflict especially at the heart right? of, at of the heart of such a an area yeah. and it is a major major oil producer even with his hampered capacity it's still producing about 150,000 barrels per mm -hmm. day it its capacity is about 350,000 barrels of oil per day they can produce the the numbers the rough numbers i have before they split from sudan in 2011 they were accounting for 75 percent of the country's production of oil so it's not a minor player mm -hmm. in this right so since the breakup because not only is it still in conflict in the frontier areas with sudan which is sudan khartoum or the northern part yeah. it is also in conflict with itself if you recall Salva mm. Kiir, the president, has been at, at each other's throats with his deputy, Rek Machar, and it's only recent that they managed to strike a deal. They have been running that country, or he has been running that country, mainly from outside yeah. with other people intervening. So an investment by South Africa as the leading economy on the continent yeah. is part of the responsibility towards creating a more stable Africa. We, we can never say... In other words, we can't be a stable South Africa in an unstable territory. Yeah, yeah. There are some but people who say we don't... What's interesting is we talk about the instability there, yeah. and yet um, you have China that has invested comfortably. Yeah. Um, so is that a, a, perhaps a way of deterring investment um, no. that we focus more on uh, the, the instability and not recognize the potential within the country? <sighs> You know, I, I cannot speak much about China investing. China has got a bigger appetite. It's got a billion plus people. So in population size, it's larger than the entire African continent. What I know is African success is going to come from intra-Africa trade and investment. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. African countries doing trade with one another and African countries and business people and companies investing in other African countries. So... So that is where I look at this. China dominates the entire world now. It's invested in just about every African country. But I'm happy then that South Africa, as small as the billion dollars might be in the greater scheme of things, it's not leaving all the money on the table for mm. China or for the Russians or for the Brazilians because they would invest. South Sudan at the moment is right at the bottom of the barrel. Mm. It needs all the help it can get. Now, if we don't invest in it, it means we can never be part of the trade. We can never be part of the... And because this investment is specific, Criselda. It's yeah. not a random give you a billion dollars. It's investing in the building of the refinery capacity. So mm. it, when, when the numbers, if the numbers are correct, the refinery will be able to produce 60,000 60, barrels of, of refined oil per day. Now, refined crude is very good if you consider that Africa produces a lot of crude oil, mm. but we still run short. Angola, Nigeria, and now South Sudan will be some of the oil producers. Uganda next door is also an oil producer. So building refinery capacity is something very important. And also, South Africa will be sharing some of its mineral technology with the country. So I would imagine that the the upside of this is that we cannot accuse china of dominating the when game we're not that investing we're refusing to but play. can we can we afford this an investment is not an absolute number you don't say do i have a billion dollars you say what is the return mm. and if your return is that 
justify is justifying the investment you make it and sometimes the return Criselda I've got to say is not are you going to get the money back yeah is am I going to be able to buy some refined crude from this country which will help me stabilize my own strategic supplies but sometimes so they, it they, can they, also they, mean that I decide that I want to live in Centen when I can afford in Alexander still an investment it's still but an can investment. I afford it yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i'm saying an investment is a cost benefit analysis it's a risk return or risk reward decision uh-huh. the reward here to me is beyond a doubt justifying the investment of a billion dollars okay let's pay the bills and uh, when we return uh, we'd like to uh, for you to join in the conversation at safm radio hashtag safm lifetime live both on twitter and facebook whatsapp voice note on 0614-104-107 and you can also give us a call 0891-104-207 sms40938 charged at 150. Chris Salda now 0891-104-207 to join us uh, in this conversation as we look at uh, I'm an African and South Africa and South Sudan um, signing a, a, an agreement and uh, for South Africa to invest uh, in its oil one point uh, one billion, which uh, in today's uh, translation is 13.9 billion at uh, current uh, rate exchange. And joining me in studio is uh, Budi Victor uh, to just uh, take us through what this entails and what it means, um, according to him, as an African business expert and author of uh, Africa is open for business, is it? And uh, is the question we ask in taking your calls right now. And I'm also taken to a moment, about Victor, where <laughs> Donald Trump made a call um, yeah. that uh, we saw that prices must be lowered. Mm. Um, prices must be lowered in order to encourage more investment, in order to encourage um, you pumping more in, into uh, these countries. Um, but given, and, and he was... F- directing this towards OPEC and Saudi Arabia. And um, like we talked about uh, China earlier on, that we can't complain uh, when they are taking the opportunity and we are not. Uh, So uh, looking at the the oil industry right now, uh, prices continue to dive. Yeah. So do we still go back to this being an investment? No, no, no. It's it's like the coal industry discussion Mm. when people say oh coal is polluting so much it's it's spending so much water yeah yeah. but But we need it you know commercial or economic decisions aren't made on one dimensional reason especially emotional reasons no no, even if it's not emotional even if it's a valid thing like environmental impact and pricing structure yes you have to think though that there are already people who are invested a vested interest in this there are people who invested interest doesn't only mean you own oil wells or you own you own an oil company Mm -hmm. it also means you work for an oil company Uh therefore Oil, yes, I'm sure there are alternatives of running cars and all That's those it, things without yeah. using There's electricity oil. Now. But tell that to the people who work for an oil company and who have spent the past 50 years generating their retirement savings that they should just walk away from this. So the idea is to manage the transition, just like we're told that to move from petrol, internal combustion engines to electric cars, we're going to take a while. 
it's all about that. President Donald Trump argument about the prices of oil is a different story because he's talking to a cartel that is Iraq. I mean, mm -hmm. what is it? OPEC, the, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. Yeah. That is a cartel. These are countries that have a natural resource, Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and those. Mm. And they are protecting their interests by manipulating the volumes they produce so that they can manage the prices. You know mm. that the reason the prices have been falling, among other things, and mainly was because Saudi Arabia was not collaborating uh -huh. on the point of cutting production when the oil price is too low they cut production and it comes That's and then it. they believe okay we're going to price ourselves out of the market here they they increase the production so they continue manipulating it it's a cartel and president trump is running a powerful country yeah i'm sure he can and for go and once he's on the himself. money <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the question is what's his agenda i never take what he says at face value because i don't know what his agenda yeah. is but but yes i agree with him the price of crude especially because it's a finite resource especially because opec is a cartel must mm. be but if he is not if he's gonna say no american company is part of any cartel or price manipulation or any collusion, is that I would listen. Though? No, it's impossible. Okay. I mean, even Moody's, which is an American company, has been caught on the wrong side. Has been of Moody of quite a lot of times. So, yeah, I, I don't want to go there. Yeah. I mean, don't get me All right, let's talk about, American. I mean, this agreement, um, which is uh, still subject to be uh, deta to detailed negotiations. Mm. Uh, what is the point now of um, still uh, inviting negotiations yeah. when the agreement has already been signed? No, no, no. Remember, when Minister Khadebe goes to a conference or a trade mission or a trade expedition, they will sign heads of agreements. They, it's in principle we agree. Uh -huh. There is this need. We believe our policy is intra-Africa trade and investment. So we have, I've consulted initially that we could have ways of raising a billion. Remember, a billion dollars doesn't even have to come from the fiscals of South Africa. But we have a way, because we have a better credit rating maybe, mm -hmm. of raising a billion dollars. We can justify the investment because South Sudan depends almost entirely on the oil revenues and yeah. it needs to recover. So it's part of creating stability, economic, political stability in Africa. We can justify that. But the question is the details. Who's going to build the That's refinery? It. Do we go and get people from South Africa? Do we go to Petro? How do we go around the instability? Precisely. How do we go around the instability? How do we... Then our ambassadors will advise us. We have an ambassador in South Sudan. I, mm -hmm. The last time I worked was a very good one. He's able to say, no, no, these are the security considerations. But mm -hmm. also... Let's not allow these things to be built by foreigners or with foreign technology when we have our own technology. What are the trade-offs? What are the exchange the, the benefits that we will get from being part of the solution? And that, that, those are the details that they are talking about. And of course, once those all check out, then it can be signed as a legally binding agreement between the relevant entities. So who are the entities that are supposedly going to be part of the negotiations? I think think the South African Energy Fund, I forget the exact name of that, is going to be mm -hmm. probably leading that. But as I say, you remember, we've got Petro SA here. We've got a whole lot of other companies and institutions that will be knowledgeable about the petroleum industry and mm -hmm. the refineries. So whether you go to Natref, whether you go to Sasol and say, what is the contribution that you can make to this contribution? But as long as it's governed by the government leadership or is led by the right kind of, of policies and guided by the right kinds of strategies, it will, it will, it will go in the right direction. And as I say, mm -hmm. the return is not 
debatable. The impact that he's going to have is definitely positive. South Sudan can only recover if other African countries come through. Otherwise, as I say, we're leaving all the money on the table for China. And how do we prevent this from just being another talk shop? Uh, are there time frames? Um, because we talk about these things, then it's going to move from one uh, debating committee yeah. to another and uh, decisions uh, get delayed. Okay, well, not being a government, Think about ofi- that. Let's not being take a the government official, I'm not, I'm not able to Let's comment. take a news break. And I'm sure you do understand where that question is coming from. I understand. All right, it is um, a news break. And uh, this is the news headlines with Hutsi Lesak. At SAFM Radio and at Positive GP on Twitter. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, talking, I'm an African, and uh, we are joined in studio um, by uh, Bud Victor, who is African business expert and uh, author of uh, Africa is open for business. Uh, what are some of, uh, maybe let's talk about that risk and then talk about uh, opportunities that are currently available. Because, mm. I mean, I'm seeing one summit after another. Yeah. Uh, and and most of these summits are talking about investment opportunities, um, but not talking to South Africans. Um, the other day, I attended one at the Sentin Convention Center. Mm. I'm sure South Africans were a handful. Yeah. Uh, it was mostly uh, business people outside SA, but African business people. Yeah. <sighs> I will ask South African business leaders where they are. You know, leadership is not just government. Mm. The government can make policies. The government can foster bilateral trade agreements, for example, now, and get the South African Energy Fund and the Central Energy Fund to be part of this discussion. But I don't see anything stopping the big business to go, whether it's through BUSA, whether it's through the industry associations, to go to Minister Khadebe or go to the president and say, in the name of the stimulus package, we understand that real stimulus for the South African economy is going to come from intra-Africa trade. We want to be part of this. So you can't wait always to be invited, especially if you're a certain size of a business. So I will say the government is doing what it can do to open doors, to create the bilateral trade mm. agreements. There are they are signatories in a way to the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. It's up to us as civil society and private sector to go in and then ask how we can be part of something like this and how do you what do you say to um, south africans who say uh, sa is just trying to play uh, big brother no 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 we are a leading economy on the continent if if there is a place where we are big brother we are big brother in terms of economics we are big brother in terms of our strength of institutions our legal system people look to south africa for a whole lot of things how government should work we have our problems mm. but in the end Remember, as I say, either we do it as a leading or developed economy or somebody else will do it. And they are not even waiting, by the way, even with this billion dollar agreement, there are people who have invested hundreds more than what we are doing. So it's not as if we are ever going to be anybody's big brother. But if big brother means taking interest in the affairs of Africa that was divided by Europeans when they were just slicing this economy amongst themselves, then I would say let's be big brother. It's okay. So where are the opportunities currently? First of all, if you're talking South Sudan, it's oil on the big scale. But I've been to that country, Criselda. Effectively, whether you're talking property, hotel development. Mm. Remember, the River Nile goes through that country. That's it. So it's a lot of water sports, a lot of fishing, a lot of hotel development. But and one just that about... leads so much work, though. What is that? 
one that needs so much work? No, I, I think we can exaggerate sometimes. If you find local partners when you do these things, it's not as much work. Even when I was there, the last time I was there was 2013, I think. There were Ethiopians and Eritreans who were building. They have not even half of what we have here in South Africa. So it's not as much work as we say. Yes, you have got to understand the risks. Yes, you've got to consult and find local partnerships so that you're not seen as somebody who wants to just take over everything. But essentially, le less risk means less return most of the time. More risk, more effort will mean better rewards. And uh, for those uh, perhaps who uh, feel uneasy mm. in investing in Africa, what's your message? I mean, uh, your Twitter handle is Victor Africa. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> Well, we Africa is open for business. That's the gospel I believe in. It doesn't mean there are no risks. It doesn't mean mm. it's easy. But I can tell you, if we are talking stimulus package here in South Africa, yeah. the real stimulus, if you're a serious business person, is going to come from us doing business with the rest of the continent. We are part of Africa. So let's not talk about it like it's not part of us but mm -hmm. the essence of it is this travel these countries catch a flight yeah. meet business people and you'll be amazed how welcoming they are but it's South expensive africa. traveling no. africa anyway not everywhere not equally Chriselda. i've got to say yes there are areas where you can fly directly for example you have to it's easier to fly through what shall i say uh, france and then fly uh, back exactly. and sometimes you can't fly direct but exactly. even with all those inconveniences you are still going to do a lot better diversity in your business outside of South Africa than stay. Our growth is going to be 0.8% this Whoa. year. 7.7% is what some of these countries are getting. Mm. Nigeria is growing at much higher percentage. Zimbabwe is going to grab money. So you can stay here and be safe, which is not what entrepreneurship is about, or you can go out there and find opportunities. My advice, go out there and find opportunities. Thanks. And it's not as difficult if you're going into Lesotho, if you're going into Namibia, if you're going into Botswana, into Zimbabwe, they mm. are still going to offer you a whole lot more on the upside than staying in here and being insulated. And for people who'd like to connect with you for consultation, where do they find you? Over well, Victor, Africa, Victor Africa on Twitter. That's <laughs> yeah. the best way. And I'm on Facebook as Victor Homueswana and I can be found on just about every social media. But Victor Africa and then I'll take it from there. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. That is Victor Homueswana, uh, African business expert and uh, author of Africa is open for business. As you heard, go out there and explore. And uh, Africa is ready for you to invest.